Hi, I'm Jeremy McDonald, and welcome to another live edition of Taking Stock. We're bringing you all the latest business news and telling you how it will affect you and your money. So if you're wondering where Kalila is, if you are a part of last week's show, you'd, you'd know that she had a death in her family, and so I'll be filling in for her this week. So please do send your heartfelt condolences to Kalila and her family. And we're definitely praying for her during this time. It is definitely hard losing your mom. And so it's 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 a hard time. So please do send your condolences for her in the chat. So we have an amazing show lined up for you here tonight. But first, are you a part of the Money Mission community? If not, what are you waiting for? Go to moneymission.mn.co or click on the link in the description or comments to join. Now remember to hit the like button and subscribe to this channel and let me know in the comments where you're joining from. So I see a few persons here already. So Portmore in the house, London, Kish, how are you doing? Um, Jacaranda Holmes, um, King Carly, Philip as usual. So, um, you know, hi to everyone, and uh, yeah, so welcome. All right, so up in tonight's show, followed by what's hot in business, and come on, let's get this money. I create is under new management. The company has had a rough couple months with reports of the stock being suspended to trade in August and its former CEO Tyron Wilson stepping down. We'll discuss how the company plans to turn things around with its group Chief Executive Officer Arlene Martin. And the analysts weigh in on the latest market developments. US billionaire Ray Dalio has released his nine top stock and ETF picks. We'll discuss. But first, here's What's Hot, brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. Cygnus Credit Investments wants to raise $4 billion Jamaican dollars through a preference share offer. Preference shareholders receive a fixed dividend and their payment takes priority over ordinary shareholder dividends. The offer, launched on Monday, will see the company issuing 10 million shares across three categories. According to the company, Class C shares are priced at 100 Jamaican dollars per share and have a dividend yield of 10.5% rate due in 2025. Class D shares have an 8% rate due in 2025, while Class E shares with an 8.5% rate due in 2026. Class D and E shares are priced at $10 US per share. The minimum purchase for Class C shares is 500 shares and 50 shares for Classes D and E, followed by increments of 10 units. Jamaica's inflation finally dipped within the Bank of Jamaica's target range in October. According to Statin, point-to-point -point inflation for October was 5.1%. The BOJ's target range is 4-6%. This is the lowest inflation rate since 2021. 
NCB shareholders will receive a dividend payment on December 18. NCB Financial Group Chairman Michael Lee Chin announced the board's decision to resume payments on Friday. NCBFG has not paid a dividend in over two years. Legion said the company will pay a 50 cents per share dividend to all shareholders on record by December 4. The payment will total over $1.2 billion. Meanwhile, NCBFG says it has agreed on a separation package for its former CEO Patrick Hilton and Deputy CEO Dennis Cohen. NCB said that both men officially resigned on November 13. According to the company's announcement, the separation package includes cash payments and share allotment. There was no word on the final figure. But NCB did say that the payment would affect the company's financial performance for the year. Hundreds of staff members at OpenAI, the company that created ChatGPT, have threatened to resign after the shock dismissal of former boss Sam Altman. 650 of the company's 770 employees signed a letter demanding that Altman be reinstated. Altman has become one of the most influential figures in the fast-growing generative artificial intelligence space. OpenAI's board fired Altman last Friday in a move that shocked the tech world. The employees have threatened to quit if the board members who voted to fire Altman do not resign. What's Hot was brought to you by JMMB Group, your best interest at heart. Learn strategies to create amazing content that will stop people from scrolling and actually pay attention to you. Build a loyal audience excited to share your content and make it go viral. Make money on social media and run your platform like a business. Join me live inside Money Missions for this game-changing course, Money Marketing. And remember, go to the link in my bio and tap Money Marketing for 40% off. Let's get this money. This segment of Taking Stock is brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency. Insurance made easy. All right, welcome back. So, uh, na, Nana sense <laughs> from far, far away. Sheldon says here and waiting. Sean is here and ready. Uh, Romaine says Mandeville in the house. Yeah, I've always wanted to live in Mandeville. Maybe one day. Uh, Kareen from Port Antonio. Earl said that he's here. And Jackie, um, thank you for the welcome. It's, it's not my first time, but every time does feel like a brand new experience. And Humble Boss says condolences to Kalila and her family. Stay strong. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah. And um, Sean says that Cygnus preference share is sweet. So I'm, I'm very interested to know what you guys think of the preference share. So please let me know in the comments your thoughts on the preference share. We'll be talking about it later. But let me know your thoughts in the comments about the preference share. All right. All right. So iCreate is on the new management. So the company has had an interesting last few months with reports of the stock being suspended. So trading would have halted earlier this year. And so it's, it's former CEO also Tyrone Wilson had stepped down. So there's a lot of questions surrounding the company at this time. So joining me to discuss how the company plans to turn things around. We have group chief executive officer at iCreate, Arlene Martin joining us tonight. Good Welcome evening, Jermaine. Thank you. And good evening to all your listeners and viewers, especially those I understand interested in iCreate and particularly any of them who are investors. A very good evening to everyone. Great. Thank you for joining us. So the first thing that we want to do is to really 
established maybe over the last few months have been for iCreate. So there would have mm -hmm. been questions, well, naturally surrounding once Tyrone would have stepped down. So what is your role and focus for the company right now? Well, okay. or just give us like a recap of the last few months as well. Sure. Um, so I think the recap and most people would want to begin with the resignation of Tyrone Wilson. And at that point, I was appointed as the interim CEO. He resigned at the time from his position as president and CEO, as well as director of the board. So I would have stepped in as interim CEO and we had appointed as interim chair, chairman, Mr. Ivan Carter. Ivan Carter had served as the chair of the audit committee previously, so had been there before as a director. I had been serving as chairman of the board and so stepped into the capacity as interim CEO while Ivan Cato would have been chair. And um, in that time, and I noticed that there was a comment, there or a question in terms of even bringing things up to date with the JSE. So you mentioned that the there was a suspension in trading in shares and that also took place um, within days of the resignation. And that would have been, the notice would have said that was because of the delay. And I would say significant delay in the publishing of the audited financial statements for 2022. Uh, we did meet that deadline that was set um, once we had agreed with the GSE on that final extension to September 30 and those statements were submitted on September 29. So we were able to do that. Um, we also were required to appoint as required by the GSE for companies listed on the junior market uh, mentor. And this is a board mentor as required, as I mentioned under the rules for junior market companies. So we would have, um, and this would have been late September into early October appointed a mentor to the board, Mr. Kalanda Hutchinson. So with meeting those requirements, we would have had the resumption of the trading in shares. So that has been happening now since early October. Um, very good. And now we're really focused on, on growing the company, stabilizing things. And, you know, we can talk more about that. I know you probably have some specific questions in terms of how we plan to do it. So I'll await your questions, Jermaine. Okay. So what the the next question that i'll ask you really is the mandate or focus of the company the same under your leadership so um what i would say is that there are a couple of things that we have to look at now and i know that question and i'll address it very shortly is um there is stability and there is growth and stability and growth based on things that have been happening when you have new leadership and just settling everyone into place, but stability in terms of the operations, corporate governance, and a number of things like that. And then focused on growth, not only because of the opportunities that are out there in all of the segments, but also the potential that's in the company. The focus on growth and stability also come from the recent acquisitions. So in January 2022, we would have closed the acquisition of Get Paid Group Limited that does SMS communication as well as e-commerce. And we would have announced in 2022 the acquisition of VisualVibe.com, which is a digital out-of-home advertising company. That closed fully um, earlier this year, um, end of May 2023. So you'd have seen that we started reporting and including as a group the um, financials for Visual Vibe beginning in, and we also synchronized that we had the Q2 um, results. That was the period ending June 23 published. We'd have seen one month reflected for Visual Vibe then. And then in Q3, we would have seen that Visual Vibe was um, fully represented. 
So I, I do want to respond to this question that you have here. Can you please, in the simplest way, explain what iCreate is and what is the core business? iCreate began as a, a training institute um, with a focus on impacting the creative and digital economies. And its training programs focus on those areas that for creative talent, videography, uh, photography, um, digital marketing, the things around that sector. And it really is about equipping individuals for participating in those economies and growing those economies. Um, but also it's about how companies can tap into that so that they can actually take advantage of these things and grow. Coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic, what would have happened is, or in the middle of the pandemic, with the measures that were put in place, we stopped doing all in-person classes and all the classes were in person. So key, we shifted from simply a business growth strategy to a corporate growth strategy uh, to emerge from COVID. And that's what took us into acquisitions. So that was primarily a mergers and acquisition strategy that we have. And having executed, and I just mentioned the acquisition of two companies, iCreate Limited is now a group of companies um, rather than simply or just solely the institute that's focused on training. So knowing that group, and you would see in the annual report that was also published recently, that you have in that group now the three companies, iCreate Institute, or iCreate Limited, which has the training institute, as well as the creative agency, Vertical Creative, operating there. Then you have Get Paid, and as I mentioned, Get Paid is digital communication. So when you think about, and we just had some um, weather that would probably have required emergency communication, SMS uh, is a part of that SMS communication, which is very reliable. So if you think about really needing to get communication, both if internet is down or people don't have data, then we can certainly still reach you via SMS. So that's one of the things that uh, to get paid does. Um, however, core area is e-commerce, and that's how it serves the digital economy, is that it enables companies to trade by setting up your website um, and different things, a range of e-commerce services from consulting um, to training to actually doing the sites. However, uh, importantly, because one of the challenges that we have in the Caribbean in particular, and in Jamaica, because you do have some territories in the Caribbean that are allowed to use some payment platforms. But when you're doing e-commerce in Jamaica, you tend to have some limitations on payment platforms. With Get Paid, you have they offer payment solutions so you can actually transact and collect money without hassle consistently with Get Paid. And then I think most people would be familiar with Visual Vibe. You see the digital boards across Kingston as well as across the island. We're in um, five parishes, so digital out-of-home advertising. So that's the essence now of what the group is. And our mandate right now, um, Jermaine, and for everyone is the that kind of consolidation of how it is that we now get the synergies for greater efficiencies, continue to deliver value to our clients and in so doing deliver value to our shareholders. Uh, so it's synergy for operational efficiency, synergy for our clients as well. And then looking at how it is that we grow the company uh, in so doing while still impacting the creative and digital economies. Okay, so you're in short, what you're saying is that the path that you'd have started down when Tyrone was CEO, you're still down that path and that is still the mandate that you're holding as a company? Yes, so I would say that's still the mandate that we're holding in terms of the uh, um, gaining the synergies. Um, so we've closed the acquisitions, we're building those companies, we're growing those companies, and we're 
refocusing and putting attention back to the Institute. Uh, I mentioned that we would have discontinued um, just for a period post COVID some of the programs that we had before. We're getting increased demand for these. So we're looking at next year or in the coming year. So it really is just a couple months away. The reintroduction of these creative courses that people would have liked to benefit from. And what we're looking at as well is the expansion of courses. So when you think about the creative economies and digital, it's not simply graphic design, videography, there are so much more. So we have programs for the Digital Marketing um, Institute. We're looking at user experience, um, things like that, user interface design. So it is what we'll be doing with the Institute as well is reintroducing uh, programs that we had before, but also enhancing and enhancing so that we're giving more to people so that our creative economies will grow because we are equipping, upskilling, um, introducing, just educating people for these fields where that it will allow just the sectors that exist in Jamaica to grow, but where we can even create new sectors for a stronger, more robust creative economy from right here in Jamaica. So that's our focus even as we identify new programs and new partners to deliver under the Institute. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Tyrone would have tendered his resignation a few months ago. Is there, or what, what is the working relationship between iCreate and Tyrone currently? Um, so, um, if at all, yes, there is a relationship, don't worry. Um, you know, if you think about it in terms of just handing over a baton uh, in a relay, you do have to hand over to someone. Um, it's not, sometimes it's not simply, you know, just cheerleading from the side. You rely on that person for support. Uh, as you can imagine, when you look at the composition now, I was not in the operations of the company. And so when you look at the leadership team that you have in place now, I mentioned or chair um, myself and the group CFO, the deeper understanding that we have that we have to gain for the company, um, getting up to speed on things, that knowledge has to come from us. Um, and it comes from us from that close relationship that we still have in terms of that transition. So the transition um, from it's kind of like orientation and onboarding, handing over, that still is required. And um, we've been able to do quite a bit of that so that what would not have happened is, you know, just a big disruption in the operations. So because of the intensity that's now required in terms of um, stability and moving forward, it would have been harder if you had just a total break or total separation without relying. So by having that kind of connection and that handover, it really has helped in the pace with which during these three months, we've been able to accomplish some of the things that we that we have managed to accomplish because I, I did mention um, the completion of the audit, um, lifting of the suspension and since then as well, in, in addition to the 2022 audited statements, we've issued the quarterly financial statements unaudited for both Q2 as well as Q3. So we've been able to go at pace because there aren't significant knowledge gaps or, or things like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. So earlier this year, we had gotten news that Tyrone and Ideas Execution founder Kevin Frith were having some challenges in in the acquisition. Not going to comment on that one. We're not at a place to to get into detail on that one, Jermaine. Can you say anything at all about it? Not saying anything at all about that one. 
focused on the growth of the company. And one of the things that you would um, have um, recognized, and you know, I can say this to the listeners, is um, so this is my first interview actually um, since we we have a lot of work to do uh, to grow the company, and this is about delivering value to our shareholders. This is about a focus again on our clients and our shareholders, our clients, our team uh, require our attention. And we have been very focused on working um, rather than just commenting and and giving um, feedback on things. So I just want to comment on that to say the focus has been on doing the work. Um, We'll begin to speak more now that we've gotten through some of the things because we do need to communicate with persons for them to know and understand what's happening with the company. However, our focus really is on where the company is right now, where it is that we're going and how it is that we're getting there. So you mentioned the acquisition of Visual Vibes. Um, has that has that process been completed? So we've had control, um, operational control of Visual Vibe um, since I would say June one, because that transaction closed in terms of the the handover May 31, 2023. And so we have had that, as I mentioned, you would have seen the June results in our Q2, the period ending June 30 or the quarter ending June 30, you would have seen that we reported for the first month, Uh, you would have had information on that in the annual report and then certainly for the quarter that ended September 30 you would see the integration of Visual Vibe. So we have already um, started that integration and yeah fully operational with Visual Vibe and as mentioned it really is about leveraging all the synergies um, operationally but also for added value to to our clients because when you think about um, a typical client you can see how it is that across the three companies you we can serve them to add value as they build, as they deliver their products and as they deliver their services. Okay, so in terms of, so one of the things that we heard last year was, so for example, there were, there were talks of a rights issue and that mm-hmm. rights issue was meant to, for example, help with the financing for the acquisition mm-hmm. of Visual Vibes. So one, what's the status of said rights issue? Because mm-hmm. I believe we heard that VM was going to be I think somehow related in terms of that that transaction. So what's the status of that one? And two, how were you able to finance the visual vibe acquisition? And is that process completed? Okay. So yes, there was supposed to be a rights issue and um, that process uh, ended. So we didn't actually fully execute on that. And so what we've had to do is to do um, private financing um for the acquisition process so that's the route that we have been taken uh it is private financing so we won't get into that kind of detail um however that's what we're able to do to raise capital for closing the acquisition so when when what i would say is that the for the start of next year in our first quarter you'll probably hear more about um additional financing that we're going to be doing for expansion further expansion of the company in terms of raising a private equity private equity i think you're going to be asking with that jermaine <laughs> well so the, what 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 i wanted to ask you is so you mentioned there's private financing used to close visual vibe um can mm-hmm. you say the type of financing even if you can't get into the details was it a loan was it like what what type of financing was it 
I'll, so what I'll say now is private equity. And as, as I mentioned before, it is, a, so we have to look at where we are in terms of the stages with things. Um, it is private. So had it been, you know, an APO with a GMMB, nice and public, I would have shared all of that information. Um, however, uh, what I would um, say is that it's, it's a private deal um, that we're able to, to obtain. And I think that it's important as one of the things that we were able to accomplish because it demonstrates that because for someone to enter into an investment like this clearly would have to demonstrate in terms of uh, when you think of solid projections performance there is still there there is potential for growth of in the companies there is value to be harnessed and i think that's that's actually a very good signal um, when you think about you know positive signals for the company that we can communicate to the market that we were able to raise that financing to move forward okay mm -hmm. um can you talk to us a little bit about get paid so we are not fully clear as to right you mentioned a part of its business in terms of sms and 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 maybe e-commerce but how 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 profitable is get paid how how much a part of the strategy is it for iCreate? And what can we expect from from get paid in the future? Okay, so um, with get paid, I, I mentioned two main areas, and the SMS communication or digital communication, because there are different um, options for that, is an area of the business that does not have significant margin. You're leveraging someone else's infrastructure. However, it's a critical service. So, you know, I mentioned that local companies can send messages. However, there are international companies that want to reach to not only the Jamaican market, but the Caribbean market as well. And so you have, you're, they're able to consolidate from large companies, Google, Meta, et cetera, to tap in. And so Get Paid is a company that um, serves as a client to these broker companies for digital communication. And um, there was website development services that it offers um, as well as e-commerce. And those services have a higher margin that will um, contribute to greater profitability. As we're growing the company, because you would have seen the Q3 results just in terms of where the margins stand. The, as we focus on a greater composition of that revenue from e-commerce, and that would be through new partnerships. And by the way, the e-commerce can be B2B as well as B2C. So there's a significant opportunity for it. Um, we can extend regionally, though that's not immediate. But as we look at that um, part of the business, that division of the business more, where we'll have greater margins, then that profitability from get paid uh, should grow significantly. Uh, we would have invested, or the company would have invested um, just before acquisition in software. Uh, we're just leveraging that no, no significant capital investment immediately uh, for, for the platform so it's able to run. And so we can look at expecting some strong profitability from, from that company in the coming year as well. Okay. So as it relates to the series of events that would have led to iCreate being suspended earlier mm -hmm. this year, there would have been essentially a governance issue um, that would have led to that event. How have you taken steps to ensure that those challenges won't happen again in the future? Okay, so the good thing is, and again, what I said before is that um, let us do the work and then we can speak. Uh, I think you would see some signs that we've already begun to address that um, when it comes to 
the basics of compliance in terms of submitting things and meeting deadlines. So um, at a minimum, and just to start out, the unaudited financial statements for the quarter ending September 30 was submitted on time. So what we did as we, and we had this 11 point plan in terms of going in naturally at the core of that would have been governance. Um, and we went straight to it in terms of the external factors, the internal factors in terms of capabilities and a number of things. and able to do that. So, you know, from a leadership perspective, it is uh, our culture. It's now a mantra of ours. So it's not just excellence, diligence, but it is aiming for best practices in governance. Um, so it's not just meeting deadlines, it's beating deadlines um, and it's doing things with excellence. So we're taking steps towards that. But fortunately, we can say that we have begun that process and we definitely will continue to do so. Um, you would have heard me mention that we have the board mentor in place. That was one of the things for governance. So just working through, you know, our checklists of governance things that we have to address we focused on that. Um, you can look out to hear more about the composition of the board, how it is that we're strengthening that with committees. So we're beginning at, well, the core of who we are is where we're beginning actually in terms of a, a culture for that. Um, and then it's at the highest level of leadership with the board, um, as well as with now the executive leadership and that core leadership of the chairman, myself and the group CFO, and then filtering that now down to the companies, the leadership level of each of the companies um, into the culture. So it's something that we're, we're really working on because it is, it is a priority for us. And we'll speak a little bit more about that at our AGM that's coming up on Friday. Okay, so um, based on just what we've seen from iCreate over the past couple of years, certainly you can imagine that you know investors i mean even even existing shareholders of iCreate may have may not be sure how to feel about the company right you mentioned that this is your first interview what would you say to investors who are simply just unclear as to how to feel about the company because i mean a lot of the things that you've tried to do now behind the scenes may not be visibly in terms of them seeing that there is in fact change. So what would you say to those investors who are just simply unclear as to how to feel about the company? Okay, so, um, you know, there's, uh, I, I can't ask someone to feel a particular way. What we can do is feed to them what is going to inform that feeling. Um, do we have, what's the level of confidence that people have in iCreate right now? Uh, what is the trust that people may have for the company? These are things that we, we certainly have to work on. But in terms of giving them clarity, this is the start to communication. Um, as I said, we really wanted to just get down to work. Um, this is the start to the communication to, um, to our shareholders and to the investing public. Uh, so interviews will continue. As we roll things out, we will continue to communicate. Uh, we have our annual general meeting coming up this Friday um, and it's at 10 a.m. at the Jamaica Pegasus. So there'll be more information that's going to be shared at that, uh, annual, at that annual general meeting. And then we'll continue to have conversations. And each time we have updates and news to share, uh, we will share that where you have questions. I mean, you have your own um, program and platform, Jermaine. So when you're ready, we'll come back and speak some more. 
um, you know, just any question that we're not able to answer right now where you think that people really need clarity. Um, but I've spoken about governance. I've spoken a little bit about growth strategies. So I'm not sure if there's anything um, specifically that you may want me to comment on at this point that you think will help with clarity. Or if you can just guide me in terms of where you think people need a little more clarity in terms of what's happening with iCreate. Okay, well, we're actually going straight to, to the comments now to get some of those questions. Okay. Uh, so, um, Shellyanne, um, well, <laughs> Shellyanne is asking, you know, who is Arlene? What's your background and what qualifies you to be the new CEO? And how will you restore shareholders' trust? Okay. Um, so, um, Shellyanne, thank you for that question. Uh, yes, we did no introduction of who I am. Um, so, within iCreate, I had previously been on the board serving as chair initially as acting. Um, in that capacity and then was chair. Prior to that, I so my background is heavily public sector before going into private sector. So I would have worked on strategy development and largely um, things at a national level, export strategies, investment strategies and policy. However, most recently in private sector, I've done business coaching and consulting um, focused on helping small to medium sized and even large companies grow. So I do consulting and coaching or I had been doing consulting and coaching with enterprises um, prior to this and had some experience running my own business, which I put to hibernate um, coming out of COVID. So in terms of my background in terms like private sector experience, strategy experience, or just company experience, um, there is some that I would have had. Um, in terms of restoring tr um, trust of our shareholders, what I would say it is that it is my intention pers personally, um, <clears throat> and you can understand that, you know, to step into this capacity in light of where things are is something that some would probably say is fairly brave and it therefore means that i'm committed and that i am confident and that i trust the team that we have um, beginning with the board who all remained so we had no board resignations at the time we all followed the process through and worked through so um I have the trust of the board, have the trust of the management team of the companies. And so together we are committed to the goals that someone else just mentioned and we can comment on, um, but we're very committed to uh, restoring trust. Um, and that is by delivering the results um, and delivering value to shareholders because you deserve that. You've invested in the company and you invested in the company in order for a return and, and we owe that to you. Uh, so I would say, you know, essentially the biggest thing is I'm, I'm dedicated to making it happen and you can trust that I'm working to build the team that will deliver that trust and that will deliver results for you. All right, Jamaican investor is asking the vendor note for US 1 million 270,000 that was to be paid on deadline for September 30th this year. Was it for, for executed or still pending? Right, so I think we'd co covered on that um, where you asked where that was. And I said that there is the private equity that we looked at for it. So that was private equity. Um, we had, um, you spoke about that where last year we spoke about doing an APO for raising capital for closing that vendor note. However, we've gone um, we've gone a different route. We've gone the private route to be able to do that. So you were able to meet that deadline for payment of the vendor notes that's being referred to here? We are good. Okay. All right. Uh, Sean is asking, can you tell us some of 
those deadlines and goals that you have set for the company. And I know you mentioned governance being one of mm -hmm. them, and I mentioned board composition, right. but what, what can shareholders expect right. so in we, tangible goals? Right. We summarized a couple of, well, not a couple, we summarized six key milestones that we wanted to attain in 2023 in the annual report. And you know, it was an annual report for 2022, but we felt that with so much time that had passed, we really needed people to get a sense of what it is that we're doing. So we have um, one goal around corporate governance. I've hinted at that where we're aiming to best in class and not simply just meeting compliance. We are focused on strengthening the brands and the reputation. Uh, so the work on the brands is about not just awareness of the name I create, but an understanding. You know, one question that we had is, what is I create? And it's a question that I even had once I took this role on where people said, well, I'm familiar with the company, but what does it do? So in terms of that strengthening the brand, it is not simply a brand awareness that people know the name, but that people truly understand what the company is and have an experience of delivering value and working on the brand from that core um, element of it. In order to do that, we're going to have to um, expand the internal capabilities of the team. So it's looking at our systems, but also the team are some of the things that we're going to be looking at. Um, and then we have some aggressive growth plans for the company for 2023 and going into. So what we're doing and 2023 is almost over. We're doing the groundwork that will help us with our growth plans for 2024. So, and that would be measurable through revenue, profit, capitalization are some of the things that we're working on there. Um, we would have already closed the acquisition of Visual Vibe as one of the milestones for 2023. And broadly, we're looking at the financial soundness of the company. And when we talk about financial soundness is... Uh, so in terms of some key points related to that is um, for the group and for each of the operations is profitability from normal operations. That's something that we have to attain. We really have to attain as well positive cash flow from operations. And that would be across the groups that we're fulfilling obligations. And then year on year, what we want to look at is uh, share value, share price, as well as market capitalization. So these are goals that we have foundational parts of it for in 2023 and then you'll hear more as we speak about our solid plans for 2024. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you intend to sell any any additional shares in Visual Vibes? So that is a consideration. So when you think about growth, so and if you think about that industry where you know you have other persons and Visual Vibe is purely digital. Um, however, you have the traditional billboard. Um, companies who are entering that space, when you think of the large reach as well as that out-of-home advertising is growing, any significant growth for Visual Vibe is not going to come from simply reinvesting profit in the business. So if we were to double, for example, you know, or outdoor representation, or if we were to take out-of-home from not just outdoor to also in-home in terms of commercial places, then clearly we'll have to raise capital for that. And so that is something that is we're open to doing uh, in 2024. And I hope that answers your question, Jermaine. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamaican Investor is asking who holds the 25.5 million preference shares of iCreate? Um, so I know that um, that is, uh, could you bring that question to our AGM? <laughs> um, but I'll look into that in terms of just some specifics on that. Um, we can look at that, but we've, we have published, I mean, it's a, um, it's a publicly traded company. So I know that that information is listed as well. 
Okay. And I'm, I'm not sure if it's like a total in terms of the breakdown, or if there was something specific that that person wanted to know. So, uh, Jamaican yeah. investor can you give us some context. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, there was um, also, yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get in a couple sure. of Sure. Yeah, so this is on the Chalet development. You yes. can expect to see reporting on that not um, in next year. So when you think of the duration, so it's an invest, it's, it's real estate um, development, it takes time. So with the phase of the development where you'll have most of the progress in 2024, that's when you'll see uh, any kind of reporting from iCreate on or investment relationship with the Chalet development. So you will not see information on that in terms of financial figures from that immediately. Okay. So I just have two more questions for you. Uh, one, right. when can investors expect to see the company profitable overall from all of, all of its operations? That's the first one. Oh, um, that's an interesting one. So we're starting with each of the companies being profitable from operations next year. Um, it's an ambitious target. We already have that in place for um, the entities get paid as well as visual vibe. We have to restore growth um, for I create the Institute in terms of with the program delivery. So we'll have that and we're focused on partnerships, partnerships for new programs to offer to the market, um, reintroducing the training programs, as I mentioned, more of those in-person ones, as well as continuing the partnerships that we had with key stakeholders, partners in the Jamaican landscape, corporate as well as non-corporate um, person so we're looking towards profitability from all um, operations next year okay and the final question that i'll ask you for now is so you mentioned potentially raising capital for next year any mm -hmm. thoughts as to what that would look like is that in q1 q2 of next year and what do you see yourself targeting the use of those funds right for? So um, Q1 would be very early, um, Jermaine. We're, I mean, we're beginning to put the planning in place for it. Um, so what I mentioned in terms of the funding for that, the, the purpose of that is really the expansion of Visual Vibe. Uh, and I, I did hint to that in terms of when you look at the representation as well as the significant potential of the sector across Jamaica as well as regionally. Um, the number of screens that you have and what's happening, then we can significantly grow the company with additional screens in new locations. Uh, we're in five parishes, so we can expand that um, significantly as well as shift from, or not even shift, but expand from only outdoor to actually um, indoor out of home advertising. So for the purpose of that investment in the company would be significant expansion. Okay. So do you have any final comments to shareholders and or, or audience? Yes. Um, so I realize that there are a lot of questions. So now I understand, um, Jermaine, what it is that you are um, referring to. So what I would say is, um, and hopefully these um, questions are saved and we can access them at some point. Um, what I would say is that there, I hear you that there is a need to share more information um, to speak um, solidly, plainly about what's happening in the company. So we will actually begin that. I mentioned that we have our AGM on Friday. You'll hear more plans from us. And going from that, as we close out 2023 and as we go into 2024, we'll definitely um, be speaking a lot more um, 
you know, via persons like you with your program, Jermaine, as others, um, Kalila, um, to share information as things happen. Um, posting things, we've been posting things on the website, but we really need to speak. And um, so what I would say to persons is, uh, expect hopefully they'll invite um i create again to hear more about what it is that we're doing um but not just for it's not for us it really is for you so keep the questions going into them and we'll make ourselves available to share information with you so that you understand what's happening in the company and how it will impact you as and the and the share performance of the company all right thank you so much arlene for the thank time you. All the thank you all right take care bye thank you everyone all right, so now it's time for our poll question. How do you feel about NCB finally settling their separation packages with Patrick Hilton and Dennis Cohen? Option A, I want to see the final numbers. B, I don't like that it will impact Q4 performance. C, how will it impact dividends? D, how much is cash versus shares? Something that I definitely want to know or E, all of the above. So be sure to give us your feedback for the poll question. And up next, we've got your market recap and the analysts are standing by. This segment of Taking Stock was brought to you by Bulwark Insurance Agency, insurance made easy. Hey, moneymakers, join the KRM fam with our official merch. Get it now at KhalilaReynolds.com. Let's get this money. The JC Combined Index was mostly stable last week. 123 stocks traded across the main and junior markets for the week ending Friday, November 17, 2023. 43 made gains, 74 lost value and 6 stayed the same. 231 million shares changed hands on the Jamaican dollar market, valued at $784 million. Trans-Jamaican Highway was last week's most traded stock. It took up 42% of market volume with 100 million shares trading. The stock lost $0.02 cents to open the new week at $1.98. JFP traded the second highest. The stock lost $0.06 cents to open this week at $1.41. And a tropical battery rounded out last week's most traded with 28 million shares changing hands. The stock gained $0.03 cents to open Monday at $1.89. Now let's see who had the biggest gains for the week. Cygnus Real Estate Finance USD was the market's biggest gainer. The stock was up 33% to open Monday at 10 cents US. Sibony had the second biggest gain last week. The stock was up 23% to close the week at $1.54. And Sagicor Select Funds Manufacturing and Distribution was up 18% to open the new week at 64 cents. On the losing side now, iCreate was the week's biggest loser. The stock lost 12 cents to open Monday at 57 cents. First Rock Real Estate Investments was the week's second biggest loser, opening the new week at $7.12. And KLE Group lost 15% to close the week at $1.23. Over on the Trinidad and Tobago Stock Exchange, the Composite Index was mostly flat last week. Massive was the most traded stock. The stock lost $0.22 cents to open this week at $4.27 TT. NCB Financial was the biggest gain of the week. The stock was up almost 13% to start the week at $3.20 TT. And on the losing side, Trinidad and Tobago NGL fell 9% to open Monday at $11.36 TT. 
Over in the US, the Dow Jones and the S&P 500 gained 2% last week, while the Nasdaq was up almost 3%. Motorists got a win at the pumps last week. Gas and diesel prices fell by $4.50. In foreign exchange, it took an average $156.43 Jamaican to purchase one US dollar last Friday. That's 47 cents less than the week before. Meanwhile, it took an average $116.53 Jamaican to purchase one Canadian dollar. One British pound cost on average $194.95 Jamaican. And you could buy one euro for $171.95 Jamaican on average. Finally, on the crypto markets, Bitcoin prices were down 1% over the past five days, trading at $37,339 US on Monday. Ethereum prices also fell 1%, trading at $2,038 US on Monday. This segment of Taking Stock, the Analyst, is brought to you by Profit Jump Startup. Disclaimer This is not intended as financial advice. Please consult a licensed financial advisor before making investment decisions. All right, it's time now for the analysts. I'm joined by Keisha Bailey, CEO of Profit Jumpstarter and business writer at The Observer, David Rose. So, David's topic is JMMB's International Limited. JMMB International Limited has gained a securities dealer license in Barbados. David, tell us a little bit about that. So we know JMMB Group Limited operates in Jamaica, the Dominican Republic, and Trinidad and Tobago. They've now officially gained their presence in Barbados, you know, which is one of the major financial centers in the Caribbean because they tend to find IBCs and a lot of businesses of significance incorporated there. So even the Sajikura Financial company share that JMB Group owns is held under JMB International Limited. So this actual entry into Barbados, you know, gives them that reach and presence across the region to offer services on a dynamic basis. Why does a dynamic basis? So <clears throat> you would have seen whereby NCB Capital Markets, you know, as a Cayman, Barbados, Trinidad, and Guyana branch, and having that kind of depth and reach across the region allows you to offer services in a variety of means and also to build a further client base, which can actually tap back to your domestic capital markets for potential deals. So, you know, it's a big deal for JMB. I'm not sure that we're going to see any material jump or impact, you know, within the next six months before JMB's financial year ends, but there's still a platform that they can have build on going forward, you know, to grow not just revenue, but also grow profits and diversify themselves a little bit further in the region. <clears throat> so that's, you know, just where and the context of JMB International. And it comes against the backdrop of the fact that during the quarter, we would have seen, you know, JMB Group reporting and a net loss, which, you know, would have been impacted by Sajikura Financial Company's own net loss because they brought a share of Sajikura Financial Company's net loss, but also because of higher interest expense, which is because of high interest rates. So to grow this other 
area of business, you know, which would be described as not interest income would be a key part to, you know, kind of stabilizing, or I should say stabilizing the group in volatile times as different events go on. Okay. All right. And Keisha, I believe you wanted to speak on Ray Dalio has released nine top stocks and ETF picks. So you're going to talk to us a little bit about that. And also Cygnus has their preference here off out now. So I think you'll be talking to us about both of those things. Yeah, I'll touch on both. Let's start um, on the US side with um, Ray Dalio. So a lot of us know who Ray Dalio is. Um, very successful investor and he used to be the chairman and co-chief investment officer at Bridgewater. So one of the largest um, hedge funds in the world. So he's no longer in that position as a chairman and co-chief investment officer. However, persons still watch that hedge fund very closely to see what they're doing. And in the most recent um, 13F investor filings, which shows you the holdings of the, the different investments they have in their fund. The top nine that they're having now are Procter & Gamble, Coca-Cola, Costco, Pepsi, Walmart, the S&P 500, ETF, and Johnson & Johnson. So I, I thought it very interesting because when you look at all of those companies, you see that the, the fund is taking a very defensive stance, for want of a better word. And that's interesting to see because right now what's in place is a lot of tech, a lot of growth, you know. Microsoft being at all-time highs, that's really what's driving. So when you see a really large hedge fund that is starting to become a little defensive, it makes me wonder, like, you know, is something coming? What will 2024 really hold? And for many investors, you may be thinking about what the investment strategy is going to be for 2024, or yeah, it should be. Um, as you're thinking about that, you want to think about the balance. When we see large hedge funds being defensive, but the overall market still supporting tech and growth, which side do you want to be on? Do you want to look at each? Do you want one over the other? It's just some food for thought as you start thinking about what you want to do with your money and the investments for 2024. Um, so that's it on the, the international market side now. Black in Jamaica, um, the signals uh, preference here is there. Um, so I wanted to look at that as well in terms of the features of it and to see it. is it really something that's attractive and what purpose does it really serve for investors? I know some persons may think of it as am I buying it for growth or is it going to be something that I want the income from? So just as I dissect and look through the prospectus um, and really look at the terms and what's there, the, the rates on the Jamaican side of the preference here are very attractive. It's 10.5% meets inflation because that's one of the main things as investors we have to think about are we beating inflation is this return something that makes sense um compared to inflation rates and also what else could you be getting in the market right now at that rate so 10.5 on jamaica it really makes sense to me right and now the u.s side now eight and 8.5 percent again are, are very attractive rates when we think about what signals is using the funds to do it's likely that they're bringing in capital to make future loans, future um, credit investments. So their cost of funds, that blended rate, is going to be attractive to them. They just need to make sure you know, that whatever projects and companies that they're lending to, they are lending at a higher rate than they've 
Access Capital Act. Um, so that will be it now in the future months to see, all right, what rate of return is Cygnus going to be getting on these investments and how does that compare to the cost of funds, which we know are largely going to be this preference share. Yeah. Any, any comments from you on the preference share, David? To be honest, it comes down to your cup of tea because mm. the person have asked me, you know, does offer make sense or anything else? And I just, I just people, the oversimplification is you're getting a required or in this case guaranteed dividend payment. And you know, ordinary shares, a dividend is discretionary. Preference shares, in this case, one that, you know, is community redeemable or even debt, these arguments are required that have to be made before you get to ordinary shareholders. And the same breath, the reality is the investable universe within, you know, Jamaica and, you know, just in this current economic environment is relatively limited. So why do I say limited? So we've seen where the JSC has had a significant decline this year across a variety of securities. And on the flip side, we might, you know, hear about territory deposits, treasury bills, and some of these other options. But a caveat in one instance is that I can't remember if it's a treasury bill or the CD, one of them requires a million dollars, other requires $5,000. Some persons, you know, will go to their broker and their broker will be like, um, we only require, we require a million dollars to participate in this, in this uh, BOJ slash GOJ offer. So to actually have the preference share offer is actually a way for instance to kind of get that relatively relative fixed income like uh, structure in their portfolio that isn't generally available to a small investor. So for example, we have JMB Group Limited, which has 10 preferential listed on the JSC. There is Apple Limited, which currently has four listed preference shares. We have PBS with three. We have one through interview with one. Uh, AS Redness is their own. And you know, the funny thing is, I highlighted it to you, Jeremy, and had other persons that, for example, with JMB GL 7.5, you know, 2021, it was paying 20%. 2022 was paying 5.34%. And, you know, in 2023, it's paying 9.3%. And while GMB is potentially seeking to actually ask its preference shareholders to extend the tenure on its preference shares, at the end of the day, GMB still has to give a relatively attractive proposal to the preference shareholders for them to extend it. And the reality is, Cygnus's preference share of 10.5% on the JMD side, it is a contextual perspective relatively good from what an average investor would have access to. Because the only other preference share that's given a rate of that magnitude is PBS's 10.5% preference share. However, the tenure also matters. So as a Cygnus JMD, which is the Class C preference share, is only for two years, PBS preference share, which I'm referencing a while ago, has a minimum period of 15 years for it actually can be redeemed. While you can access on a JSC these actual preference shares, you might not get that opportunity if liquidity is technically tight. And on the flip side with the USD, you know, you're looking at even smaller universe if your options are only limited to Jamaica. 
So the offer really comes on to your preferences as an investor, but also what is in your universe that you can actually earn potentially above that rate or get a comparable rate or amount that would justify, you know, that potential investment. So sometimes I'm missing preferences at significant discounts on the JSC and they're stepping them up. So while they might be given a lower fixed rate, this the difference between the print the price I paid versus the maturity price justifies in the purchase. Okay. So the, the way I see it, uh, thanks David and Keisha, the way I see it, I mean, preferential, if you're looking for income um, consistently, then that's what you go with because you're not, it, it's, it's, it's not a capital gains play, right? It's an income play. So as Keisha mentioned, the interest rate would be attractive, especially for those who want to kind of set it and leave it, right? Keisha, we know those type of investors that they, they, they want like low maintenance income, I think that's kind of where where it fits um, because it's just guaranteed and predictable in that sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, there there was there was questions that um, I think Jason Morris from Cygnus cleared up. So you, you're free to check out that interview for those who have questions around it. Um, they did speak to similar to what you said, Keisha, about them targeting, of course, returns that would be greater than the interest they're paying out. Right. So they're they're. They're looking for something above that and they're they're sure that they're able to 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 achieve that and then so they're they're confident they'll be able to continue to grow and they did mention that they have that capital that they're seeking to raise is still not going to be enough so they're actually seeking outside capital as well which says or hints to the fact that they have a, a good pipeline in terms of their perspective to continue to 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 give returns both on the preference share side and to ordinary shareholders. So, um, yeah. So I don't see any questions for the analysts. Um, there is a question here. I don't know if any one of you can answer. Can NHT issue stocks and remain a government entity? Um, I'm not sure that's in their MO, um, but. So yeah. just, so persons use the term stocks loosely, uh, but option always exists to list some form of security on a market if the need arises so i say if the need arises because i remember you know in my research that margaretville caribbean limited issued a preference share a couple of years ago they see this on the jsc and you know immature and they redeemed it and we have the case whereby with because jps jps has its preference list on the jsc that's the way we get a little insight into, into you know, JPS. So if NHC wants to list a financial instrument that fit the criteria of the JSC's listed requirements for the existing markets, it's an option if they want to set security, but ordinary share is not the case. Yeah, yeah. I think this question may be for you, Keisha. Why buy bonds when the yield curve is kind of normalizing? I think Kuama is asking that, or maybe it's just a general statement, but it seems like a question that uh, maybe for you, Keisha. Yeah. So I, I guess who am I? Are you talking about preference shares? Because preference shares are not bonds, two very different things. Um, they do make periodic payments together, so that is a similarity. But um, the essence of buying bonds, it's not for growth. Bonds are not growth investments. They give you income. 
as do um, preference years. And I guess the prices of bonds will change as interest rates change because that's what the yield curve works. Yes, but um, I, I'm not really getting your question about why buy it when the yield curve is normalizing. Maybe you're thinking that bonds provide growth, but that's not really the intended purpose of having bonds in a portfolio. So I'd probably just stop your question there. If you're thinking bonds are growth investments, they are not. I think that would kind of help. Um, yeah, some more, some more context for my, my help. Um, Philip is asking you, Keisha, how do you like NVIDIA's earnings? They are fantastic. Um, NVIDIA is at all-time highs. I, I, I was looking at it earlier um, with some clients in terms of the growth there, and it, it's one of the top-performing um, stocks all year. Um, when we see those kind of growth, uh, people may come in now I want to chase it and say, well, they are. Should I be buying now, given that the stock is up 200% this year? No, the, the trade is over, right? Um, in terms of future growth, yes, there's gonna be, but do you want to be chasing stocks? Not my, that I don't do that, they chase. Yeah. NVIDIA is in the intuit after hours. Yeah, the fires came back down after hours, yeah. But still, I mean, nothing significant enough, David, to say yeah. goodbye. Well, I'm, I'm happy to see Microsoft at all time highs. Um, Statia is a genius. The man yeah, just swooped so down and just cleaned up a yeah. continuous storm. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny in the sense that governance is an important part of, you know, in the company or an institution, and yet governance in this instance is leading to downfall in a sense of, you know, open AI's operations in a sense, because when you have 740 out of 780 staff members say, hey, we're willing to resign if you guys don't leave, that's a very telling sign. And the fact that you have Microsoft and even sales of other companies saying he would match your pay dollar for dollar. <laughs> That's just crazy. You know, somebody pointed it out that when Microsoft would have invested $10 billion into the profitable entity or profit driving entity of open air under the corporate structure, they would basically get all the employees and everything else for literal zero dollars in a sense. No premium price to pay, none of that, just simple one, two, three super during the chaos yep yep i'm 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 happy for it so i think that's it uh thank you keisha and david for um your thoughts tonight and that perspective so thank you so much all you're right. welcome Jeremy. bye all right that's it for tonight's show this segment of taking stock the analyst was brought to you by profit jump starter i see you waiting for me you're in my reach, but I have to have a little extra push to get close to you. Are you flirting with me? You want me to come get you, but you won't fall into my lap. You want me to show you that I want you. You want me to be responsible and proactive. Okay, you. I'm coming. All right, so let's take some comments here. It's a great interview, Sean is saying. I thought so as well. I, I, I think Arlene was very clear in, in her responses. And she did say, um, if you have questions or follow-up questions, maybe your question didn't get asked, uh, be sure to, to, to attend the AGM and ask them there. Um, I see Orville saying, um, <laughs> 
Arlene, I see you saying all this with your chest out, so let's see going forward. Indeed, we shall. Uh, Mr. Host, do you invest in options? Uh, not at this time. I am interested in learning, actually. Um, so if you know a good options YouTube channel or, or course that I can take, just let me know. Let's see. Sean is saying, let's see how 2024 treats I create, but it's way too risky at the moment to invest. So I think that it's it's important to see to see how things progress over time. So I do agree with you, Sean, that it, it's important to watch things. Um, in in terms of the risk, I, I personally would want to hear more and see things kind of build on 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 the foundation to see you know where they are. Um, but in terms of you know whether or not to invest, I leave that to each of you to decide. And you're also seeing Godspeed, Arlene. You're a brave lady. Um, I mean, I think as as she said, um, you know, she's gonna be making it an an intention to speak more, comment more. So let's let's look forward to that. Uh, Alfonso is saying we met at a KFC in Runaway Bay a few months back. What do you think about the new company from TNT? Which new company, Alfonso? I do remember meeting you. Uh, which company are you referring to? Are you talking about AS Brighton? It must be. Um, so, yeah, I think it's AS Brighton. I haven't really dug deep into the company as yet. Um, I am curious and interested to see how, how things go for them. So, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll cover it soon. Uh, who am I says Golden Cross should go public? Uh, Shelian is asking if I'm going to be streaming their AGM. Um, no plans are in place for that. Um, if they ask and are interested, we can definitely work something out. And then who am I saying, Grace Kennedy should buy Golden Crust and take it public? Well, Grace has been buying some companies, so it's interesting to see what they do with them. And so I think Grace is one of those companies that can really have a lot of opportunities in terms of what they can do with the companies that they have in 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 their portfolio so yeah let's let's see what they do so uh so that's it uh, pretty much for for tonight's show i uh, make sure that you like this video subscribe to the channel and share it with a friend remember to also subscribe to kalila's newsletter at kalilareynolds.com forward slash newsletter remember to turn on post notifications so that you can be the first to see when Kalila's features come out, it's very important because YouTube doesn't always send you that notifications, right? So you want to be sure to turn that on. Uh, we do want to help people to learn more about money so we can all get this money together. You want to be sure to, fo to follow Kalila on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Kalila Ray, and follow KRM Business News on Instagram. Remember, those are our, her only accounts. She does not have any backup. Do not follow any DMs asking you to pay any money or anything like that. So be sure to, to, to look for the blue check mark that I believe she has on Instagram now. So that's the only account that you should respond to. If you do want to connect with the analysts who were here this week, check the description box below for their contact information. And also remember to, to visit Kalila's website at kalilareynolds.com for financial information that you can use however you like it, whether watch, reading, or listening. Also, I do encourage you, if you haven't done so already, to follow me personally on social media at Learn, Grow, Invest. And you certainly want to tell a friend about taking stock. Investing is the new sexy. 
So let's make it cool to talk about money. I'm Jermaine McDonald, and thank you so much for watching. Let's get this money. <laughs>